Well, here we are. This is TM3 Impact, and I have Gons in the building. What's going on, my man? How's it going? How's it going? Man, it's going very well. I'm excited to have you. This is our third podcast, podcast number three. Can you believe it? Yeah, I guess it's TM3. TM3 Impact. Episode three. That should be pretty epic now that we hit the three. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Well, listen. Excited to be here. Listen, my man, uh, this is, you know, we like to really have people in here, business people, entrepreneurs, people in the business, and I think it'd be really cool for people to kind of hear your story. You shared it with me at the coffee shop about six months ago. I think it'd be really interesting to kind of get that, you know, cliff note version of how you got here, how you got to San Antonio and starting your first business. Absolutely. So my story, the cliff notes version. Yeah. See, there's there's a lot of awesome stuff. I feel like I've been an entrepreneur since the day that I was born. Yeah. Um, I have stories of my of me walking my neighborhood when I was a kid, knocking on doors and selling mom's drawings. Because I knew moms would give me money for stuff because I was a cute little kid, I was like nine years old. Okay. And I just wanted to buy trading cards. So go. I'd go door to door knocking, selling mom stuff. I yeah. used to buy chips at the store and then I'd sell them in school for more money. So there you go. I feel like it's been in the blood. So when I was in my early 20s, I went and I got I guess, a direct sales position with Cutco. That was really go. where it started, right? So it's yeah. kind of a, it's a 1099 independent contractor type situation, right? You go, you sell, yeah. you make commission. So you really kind of start building your own book of business. So that's really what the business is, right? Yeah. So you're leveraging Cutco's product and you create your own book of business to, to build your own business. And, yeah. and I started doing really well. I did it in 2008 for about a summer and then I left the business, right? Okay. Um, I, in the middle, I did some odd jobs. I was doing some funny stuff that, that actually makes me laugh about it now in the days. Yeah. I was doing like baked goods to restaurants. Nice. You know, I was doing any type of little hustle I could figure out. I was editing papers for college students for okay. money. I wrote advertisements for companies for their websites. I was doing some, anything I could come up with. Yeah. So in 2012, I decided to come back to Cutco. Okay. So in 2012, four year hiatus, I come back to Cutco because I was like, I know I'm good at it and I want something that I can count on every month to pay my bills. Yeah. My thoughts were, I want to pay my mortgage. I don't want to miss my mortgage payments. Yeah, it's good. Everything else I'm doing is kind of a little bit out. You know, they're, it's all kind of spread, spreading me thin. So yeah. let me find one thing. I'll pay my bills and then I'll build something that I'm excited about. Ah, okay. So I came to Cutco and I started realizing being in sales, I am paying all my monthly bills with like three days of work, four mm. days of work. And I'm like, I'm doing really, really good. Why don't I just do this more? So let me, let me experiment with working 10 days of the month and then trying to find something else to do the rest of the month. Okay. Then two weeks, three weeks, and by the end of it, I was just all the way in. Yeah. So that was 2012, right? Okay. And in 2012, you know, I had, I made roughly, I think, 50,000 in commission that year. And it was trying to do it part-time. So 2013, I was like, I'm really going to take it to the next level. All right. And I more than, I had a 325% growth from 2012 to wow. 2013, just by really focusing on and deciding that's all I'm gonna do. Yeah. I broke two national records that year, yeah. one for the month of February and one for the month of March. That was that's exciting. Cool. No, no, sorry, it was February and April. So that was cool and that really started everything. At the end of 2013 though, I kinda, I kinda waited and I thought about something. I killed myself this year. Mm. If I wanna make a decent living again next year, I had to kill myself again. I was like, something's wrong here. Yeah. Like I did not enjoy myself by the end of the year. I was bone tired. Yeah. And you know, like I said, 
I had a great year. It was like my first year ever breaking six figures. And I yeah. was like, you know, this is exciting. So what can I do, you know, to start improving that? And that's when I started diver- diversifying into different businesses. Gotcha. Stuff. I still did Cutco. Yeah. Um, 2015 is when actually when I broke the Cutco National record altogether. First yeah. Cutco rep to sell a million dollars in a year yeah. in, in knives. Crazy. It's a lot of knives. It's a lot of peelers. Yes. Yes. <laughs> a lot of knives. And so a lot of engraving. A lot of engraving. <laughs> I was mostly selling B2B. Yep. So I was selling knives, but I was mostly selling B2B to real estate community. Yep. Which is was a good segue into some of the other businesses I did. Yeah. So from there, I started buying real estate and I started renting it out. Ah, uh, okay. And one of the big things I was doing is I was rehabbing properties, right? So I'd pick up a property, I'd rehab it, uh, but unlike most people, I wouldn't flip it, I would rent it. So I'd put a tenant Smart. in it, keep it, because I wanted the long-term cash flow. But by going through the trouble of rehabbing it, I was buying properties for 100 putting 20 into them, and then getting them appraised at 160, 170, okay. and refinancing them, and literally getting the entirety of my investment back, ah, because gotcha. I was building extra equity, and I could refinance it, you know, say at 75 percent of the value. Yeah. But I added more than that. Yeah. So, you know, as long as I was patient, it's like I bought houses for zero dollars. Yep. Gotcha. Now, there'd be some cost, but ultimately, some of my investments <clears throat> costed me no money. Right. In the long haul. So then I got into a magazine, which I know you do something similar, yeah. uh, with the same different niche within the same network, which yep. is really cool. So that's been an exciting thing that I've been doing. Yeah. And that is basically like a social networking magazine based on yeah. real stories of real estate in the community. Yeah. And then I have my distribution company. And that one, we essentially buy products in bulk from different areas. We have manufacturers in the United States, mm-hmm. but I will say the majority of our manufacturers for the majority of our products are overseas. Yeah. So we find some niche that we think really sells. We, we research it hard, look up the patents, look up everything, make sure we're not gonna get into some liability that we really, cause it's not worth the headache. Yeah. It's a hassle that you don't wanna go through. Yeah. So we make sure that we're gonna be able to pull it off. We, you know, we contact the company, find out what their bulk pricing is, start negotiating with the manufacturer, yeah. bring the price as low as we can. And then um, biggest lesson I learned there is hire third parties to come inspect everything. Oh, interesting. That's going to be your... Yeah. If anybody ever wants to do that, yeah, that's what you do. Yeah. You hire a third party to go inspect it. To go to that factory to, go to, to make that sure. factory, yeah. And, yeah. It, and you tell the factory in the contract that you, you're going to do that. Yeah. And that it's going to be random. There will not be notified. They're just going to show up randomly at like two different points. Oh, interesting. And um, yeah, what we did too, which was really interesting. So you got burned. I wouldn't say burned, but let's just say we placed an order of 3,000 units. Yeah. And we called them and we said like 400 of these are not usable. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, Now we said, hey, we want to keep doing business with you. So we're going to require at least like a discount on 400 units yeah they they weren't going to give us our money back and they weren't going to take them back there was no refunds are not a thing yeah. in manufacturing yeah, 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 yeah. and then secondly they were so we said we'll up the order because we weren't wanting more quantity we're gonna buy yeah. 500 yeah but Just we give want us a credit you, we want you to give us a break on yep. 400 of those and i think they give them to us at half something like that but yeah. either way we still wind up with a little bit of a loss got it but we hired this inspector and instead of having 400 out of 3,000 units we had a bigger quantity, it was like 5,000 or so, and we had negligible amount, it was like 20. Okay. Which at that point, that's the kind of numbers that you would yep. expect, and you're like, hey, that, that that's, with, that's within reason, that's within your predicted cost margins. Yeah. 
And that was way less than what it costed us to hire the person. Right. So it's right. just a, that was an interesting thing I learned. That's cool. That's cool. So that's so you're fun. still doing that. We're still we're still doing that. What's yeah. the one product right now that's hot that you're like, okay, this is one that we're trying to sell right now? By far our number one seller is called the Vinsulator. The Vinsulator. Yeah. So V I N N S U L T O R Vinsulator. It is my company's name is Stratos. Yeah. And we promote the Vinsulator. It is an insulated bottle and our biggest clientele based are people that drink wine. So that's uh. why we kinda did, you know, like Bino. Yeah. Wine. Oh, okay. We did the yeah. insulator, and we sell it on Amazon. We have well, we have a, a team of wholesalers. We bring products in, yeah. and we have wholesalers from all over the country that essentially tap into our inventory to be able they, to sell it. Yeah. So they they signed a wholesale agreement with us, and so they have client base. So imagine somebody in Nebraska, yeah, but in Omaha, right? Yeah. And they've got a business where they. They sell products to their clients and they got this and that and here's my catalog of products. We go, hey, how much effort would it be to add one more product to your catalog or these three different products to your catalog? Right. Well, not really much. All right, well, this this is where it can serve you. And so we explain to them how it would help them. They're like, and like, and we show them, this is the margin that you're going to make when you sell a product. And we're incredibly competitive there. Right. So our clients are making- And they're going to make more on your product. They're making 50 to 60% yeah. margin on a physical product, physical good. And that includes even when you factor in things like shipping. And that's not a thing that any other product delivers. Right. They're used to 20 to, like, gosh, the good ones, they're making maybe 40. Wow. But most of them, they're making 20 to 30. Yeah. And so you show them something like, we're going to get you 50 to 60. And look, it's a, it's a quality product that your clients are going to like. Yeah. And then we have the engraving and personalization. That's yeah. our niche. So we have it warehoused in San Antonio, Texas. Oh, killer. And we have an engraving company that essentially warehouses it for us. Yeah. And they behave very similar to a fulfillment center. Okay. And so our clients have the option to engrave and personalize it. So say you're getting your mom something, right? Yeah. You can write your mom's name on it. Happy Mother's Day 2018, whatever you want. Happy birthday, Merry Christmas. Yeah. Put someone's name. We can even engrave logos and images. Nice. So we had someone that really wanted a Spurs logo on there. And they engraved you know, San Antonio Spurs and then stuff like that. Right. We had somebody do like a, it was a Van Halen one or something oh, like that. Yeah. And they, and they, had Van Halen engraved on there. I've seen all sorts of stuff just because when a cool one comes, they take a picture and they show it to me. Right. I've seen some, I've seen things like, uh, like uh, characters too. Like I think yep. somebody did Captain America or something yeah. like that. So yeah. we have this cool niche where we're, we'll personalize it for you. Okay. We're very competitive on personalization costs. I think is um, eight or 10 bucks is yeah. what we have it set at. And so we're very competitive on that price too. Yeah. And so because it's, Number one, it's optional. Right. And number two, it's just a value add. We find that our wholesalers really like to work with us. So That's we got our cool. team of wholesalers. Yeah. Um, we have retailers as well. Okay. So we have several stores that carry us. Cool. Predominantly, you know, small shops. Local. Yeah, typically. But they're all yeah. over the country. Okay. We just got a clothing store in, in New York. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a clothing store in New York City. That put their logo on it. Something that they can sell yeah, as part of put, their... They and, their and they have a more it. higher margin because they're buying it from you. Correct. Got it. So, okay, so I gotta, I gotta, I gotta stop because my my mind here as an entrepreneur, my mind is going. Okay, <laughs> hold on a sec. He he's selling Cutco knives. He's he's got a magazine. I own a magazine. I know how much work goes into a magazine, and and you're not doing a bi monthly. You're doing a monthly magazine, yes. right? And then you're wholesaling products, and you love real estate. Yeah. So so, tell me how. Does one 
how does well obviously this it's maybe kind of a silly question because one person can't you can't do all of this right Correct. but but how do you organize all of this in your mind because just we were just sitting here on the phone and you showed me all the different Facebook pages that you do as well <laughs> so I'm thinking in my mind it's like okay Gans is a is man just how do you keep all of this organized and compartmentalized to actually get the job done it's 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 intense it is it's a everyday challenge and every day i'm trying to get better yeah so leverage that's that's leverage. really what it boils okay. down to leverage yeah. and then intelligent leverage yeah right so i'm telling you a lesson i learned early on yeah i learned that Hiring someone when you're desperate and you need it means that you waited too long uh, and that you're probably going to jump the gun on someone that you probably maybe could have hired somebody more quality. Yeah. So I have had to let people go in the past. When it, and it's one of the worst things to have to do. One of yeah. the worst feelings is to let, tell someone that you're no longer going to be uh, giving them work. Yep. Um, yep. And sometimes it's because they're a good person, and they but they weren't a good fit. Yep. And so it, it really is heartbreaking, and I hate having to do that. Yeah, but however, sometimes you're put in a position when you have to, and sometimes yeah. it's your fault because you didn't do the due diligence to yeah. hire the absolute best person that you could for your for your business. So I do a lot of stuff now. I actually have a personality test. I send them. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the DISC test. Of course. Yeah. I love DISC. Yep. When he hasn't heard it, Google it. There's yep. a lot of free ones out there. Tony, Think Robbins. Tony Robbins. Exactly. That's the one I use. I use Tony yep. Robbins. Yep. So uh, my I'm a super high D, which for anybody that takes it. Yep. Sky I could totally see that. Yep. I'm a D and a C. Those are my yep. two high ones. Yep. I could totally see that. So, and um, anybody that's interested in what those means, take the Tony Robbins test and you'll read it. Right and you'll there. know right away. So, talking about leverage, just one last thing. I, I, I realized for my business, I, I hit a, you hit a ceiling. You hit like this wall yes. where, you know, it's really difficult to grow. You hit this point in your business. But it's interesting that you, the way you said it is that usually once you've hit that ceiling, you now go into emergency hire, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you end up hiring the wrong person. Totally been through that. I've been there. I've been down that road. But I'm curious, like, what is what has been your finding good talent? What has been your number one go-to to find good talent? So back to the mistakes that I was talking about. Yeah. Um, some of the mistakes I made was, again, being desperate yeah. because I waited too long. Right. And number two was you utilizing the wrong resources. Okay. So I used to put thing, you know, ads on Craigslist and put right. ads on all these different places. You know, you got Monster, Indeed, you got yep. all these places. Did it too. And a lot of these And I hate Indeed. Hate it. Yeah. Oh sorry if you're an Indeed employee, but I hate Indeed. But go ahead. Fair enough. <laughs> the the big problem with it is and I'm not actually ragging on these. Yeah. It's just that they in my opinion what they're doing is they're just sending you this giant load of stuff and sifting through the whole process becomes difficult. So I created a process that weeds people out. Yep. I make them do stuff. Yeah. So I tell people, I send everyone the, the I send them an actual application that I made. Yeah. And it's got a bunch of questionnaires. And I say, I need you to return return this application to me handwritten. Yeah. Good. And, oh, and I say, in blue ink. I always say, handwritten yeah. in blue ink. Yeah. And I'll tell you this. Uh, everyone I send this to, I send yeah. it to 100 people because I get that many. Yeah. I get maybe 15 people will even return it. That will that'll even follow the directions. Right. I got yep. about 15 people that return it. Yep. Out of those 15 people, maybe 
five to seven of them did it correctly. Some of them yeah. will type it, type it out. Some of them will do it in black ink. Yeah. Some of them will do it in pencil. Yeah. And I just, anybody that didn't follow directions, I just weed it out. Yeah. You know what? This yep. is just part of the process. Then I send yeah. them the disc test, whoever's still left over. Send Smart. them the disc test. Make sure they fit. You know, if I want a quality person, I want them to fit certain criterias for, for what I'm looking for. If I yeah. need somebody to be in sales, I want somebody confident. I want somebody that's a people person, that's outgoing. Yeah. High and eye. that's not going to, yeah, high yeah. I, high D. Yeah. Someone that's not going to have, someone's going to have the stones to ask for the business. Yep. And yep. so... If I'm hiring somebody that's going to be running my paperwork or running my schedule, I want somebody that's very meticulous, somebody mm-hmm. to be organized, somebody good at spelling, somebody yeah. good at crafting emails, somebody good at like communicating, organizing, and stuff like that yeah. from like a written standpoint. Yeah. And so I look for a different person. And, and at the end of the day, you weed people out, and I think going through that process makes a big difference. But what I do now, my best place for hiring has become my network. Yeah. So yep. the last time that I really needed to hire somebody quality, yeah. I put I sent a personalized text message. It yeah. was a copy paste, but I would put in their name and yeah. everyone. And I sent it to I kid you not, I must have texted four hundred people. Goodness. Just people in my in my network. Wow. And people I know, my like, hey, who do you know? And it's never do you know anyone? It's yeah. always who do you know? That I need to hire. Be assumptive. Yeah. Yeah, and most people wouldn't reply. And how many were, replies did you get? I probably got like three, like probably 60, 70 percent replied. Okay. But they're yeah. like, okay, I'll let you know. Yeah. So it yeah. really wasn't. A re- but at least you're putting it in the universe that I'm looking. Yeah. Right? You're you're putting it out there like I need somebody. Well, interestingly enough, yeah. the way that I hired someone, you know, was something like that. Someone said, "I'll let you know," and then like four or five weeks later, they're like, "Hey, I just talked to someone and I thought about you." Yeah. And so by putting it out there, you're creating that expectation or that it's like that top of mind awareness yeah you know this person's looking for a job they'd never think oh let me go talk to tomas let me go talk to gans yeah because you're so far from from their mind when it comes to being a recruiter yeah but by telling them you at least create the possibility that they'll yeah, think you, open you the, when they you, meet somebody talented you kind of speak it into existence it's that you know uh i, I definitely believe that so I'll, I'll tell you a quick story about gabe um, we, we have a digital content creator here at Luxury Home Magazine who also works um, and helps us with TM3 Impact, yeah. the podcast that we were on today. And uh, shout out to Gabe, uh, awesomeness. But, but uh, it really was that idea came from a cigar session with David, my sales guy. And we were just talking about the idea that, you know, we, we need video. We need video. We need video. We got to do something different. And, um, and, and it, what really started coming out to me is the idea that Gary V always talks about is create a media company. And it was interesting because in December, my coach that I was working with at the time, uh, uh, um, he was basically had us create like, okay, 10 years from now, right? What is your business going to look like? Well, I actually wrote 10 years that we literally have an agency, that Luxury Home Magazine is just one tool in the tool chest, but we really have created an agency for agents to turn over everything, whether it be videos, pictures, you name it. But I wrote that in my, you know, when my like journal entry when he said, okay, 10 years from now, what is it going to look like? And so when I shared that with David, in his mind, he started thinking, oh, who do I know that does video? He remembered Gabe and he had heard that Gabe was looking. And so he's like, I don't know about this guy. I don't know. He does videos, but he does these crazy rap videos. And, that, and I said, well, show them to me. And I started looking. I said, 
tell the guy I want to meet him. And so we met at Starbucks right there on Hebner in 1604, and he walked in. And I knew when, I, when he walked in, I was like, okay, number one, he could probably walk out the door and actually sell for me. I mean, like, he, you know, he, had, he presented yeah. himself very well. But more importantly, he knew what he was doing with video, and I could see it. I could see it right away. And so putting it out to your network, if you're looking, for those of you that own a business, this is, I love this tip, is get your network involved and let them help you. I love that. Absolutely. You know, that's really good. And they like you. Yeah. They already like you. So they trust you. Yeah. They're willing to refer people to you. Yeah. I think that's been the biggest key. So to kind of go back to your original question, which is how do you get everything organized? Yeah. How How do you make it all run? Right. And it really boils down to stuff like that, right? Leverage your network, leverage your people, get the right people in place and do the right work. And here, and here's the other thing. Also, you know, you know, as you know, I've been traveling. One of the big things is figure out what you can do while you travel. So if you're going to give yourself a little bit of work, ultimately, you're going to be stuck behind a computer. You could be stuck behind a computer here. or You could be stuck behind a computer in a nice beach. Right. That's the way I see it. And so you can give yourself, as long as you do it strategically, right? Yeah. You know, you can go on a five, five day vacation to a Caribbean island yeah. and you use, you have use up your weekend there. You do three work days at the beach, two days where you do nothing and you enjoy. Yeah. You, had a, you had a pretty decent vacation and you cranked out some work while you were, you know, enjoying, enjoying the ocean. So yeah. that's what I like to do. Yeah. Is create a system. Yep. Something that you can always duplicate and repeat. Have people in place to take care of the things that you need to need to be done, and ultimately, it's it's a lot of planning and it's a lot of leverage. I like it. All right, so Gonz, I really appreciate you sharing your story. Now I'm going to switch it up a bit because I, I like to ask some different kind of really thought provoking questions, and I didn't give you these beforehand. Okay, unless you've read this book. Um, these questions come what from book? a tribe of mentors. I have not read that book. Tim Ferriss. I follow okay. him, but I have not read that book. Okay, so this book, basically, what he did was is he gave all these people uh, questions, and, he, and, he, and they all got basically the same questions. Okay. And then it's kind of like, these are your tribe of mentors that are going to help you. Right. And, and, and so this is, I love this first question. Um, this question, again, comes from the book. He says, okay... Think of a book that you've given away as a gift, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's one question. And if you have, if there's not one that comes to mind, no biggie, tell me maybe one or two books that have really influenced your life. Yeah. So it's either the idea of which one have you given away or which one has influenced your life. Well, Go. the good thing is the answer is the same book. Oh, okay. Which is my favorite Nonfiction book. Okay. Probably my favorite book altogether. Um, but my favorite book and the one that I give away is The One Thing by Gary Keller and Jay Papazan. Yep. Interesting is I became friends with Jay Papazan and um, I have some signatures on some of them, which is kind of That's cool. cool. So I give them away to special people and he hooks me up sometimes with a few. And just getting a chance to to read a book from somebody who really condensed something at the time of at the time where I was when I read it in business it was very very impactful so I went ahead and bought a bunch of extra copies and I gave them away gave mm-hmm. one to my dad I remember that yeah and I think that's probably the one that I would tell you that's a money book and one of the things is and yeah it's a great book 
when you do a lot of stuff, like we both do, right? Mm-hmm. Tomas, you're also a rock star, so you know this. You got a hundred projects you could do right now. Yep. Right? If there's a yep. hundred of you, you'd you'd still would have too much stuff to do. Right. So what is the biggest issue that you find yourself when you have so much to do? And it's called priority and focus. It's yeah. really what it boils down to. Yeah. Well, when you're stretching yourself thin trying to do multiple things, you wind up not really accomplishing them very well. Yeah. So instead, focus on one thing, your most important one. Yeah. Knock it out, crank it out, do it as best as you can, and then you can move forward from there. Yeah. That was one that book, I think it was 14, I think it was, right? Was it 2014? So that was right before, before you cranked that. out um, I it, read it, it in 2014. So, so, I don't thir- know how so long maybe it came out in 13. Yeah. Nice. I think I read it in 14 and had one of my best years ever. I realized it was really interesting. There was a light bulb that came on when I read that book is that I was thinking, oh, my one thing is is speaking or my one thing. I mean, here I had this magazine. I'm looking at your own magazine. And in my mind, I was thinking all my one things were everything other than this. Yeah, yeah. And then I remember one day I really got up and I looked at my wife and I said, my one thing is selling. That's my one thing right now. And when that clicked, I mean, our magazine grew. Like it, we, we, we were at that time, this was, so yeah, 14, uh, 2013, we had one of the largest magazines at that point. And so I, it, was a, it was an eye-opener. And especially the geometric progression. This right. idea of, you know, you knock down that one domino, which knocks down a bigger domino. And that, that exactly. just, it just blew me away. All right, you ready for another one? Absolutely. All right, here we go. Next question. All right. This, this one is really interesting. Um, think of a purchase that you've made over the course of, it could be six months to a year. That was $100 or less, okay, that changed your life. Like something that you were like, oh my God. And it could be a little more than 100 bucks. You give you some wiggle room here. But think of something that you've purchased that you're like, I can't live without this. I can't. Wow. I don't think I've purchased anything that I'm that excited about. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough one, right? Maybe my French press. <laughs> oh, there you go. Tell me about your French press. Yeah. How much was it? I don't know, like 20 bucks. 20 bucks, okay. <laughs> 25. Okay. But Have you always done French day. press? No. Okay, so you just, this is something you just recently got into. Yeah, probably about a year ago, maybe okay. six months ago. Um, I brew... You know, a lot of times I actually brew decaf just so I don't want okay. to caffeinate myself, but right. I've really grown to enjoy the flavor of coffee. Yeah. So just my French press, I probably got it fairly recently and it's yeah. just been phenomenal. It's a game changer. Yeah. I remember uh, That's teaching. That's literally the first thing that came to mind. He said, yeah. what have you bought under a hundred bucks? I'm like, I really like my French press. <laughs> yeah. See, see, I mean, something like that would never come up in a yeah. conversation, right? I love that question, but I'll never forget I was teaching and one of the fifth grade teachers started his French press in his room. He's, you know, he had his little hot water. And I remember he gave me like one of those cups of coffee and the caffeine is a little, it's, it it seems a little stronger. Am I right? It's got a little more kick to it. I'm not sure, but whatever he gave me, literally, I was literally doing somersaults. Like, I mean, I was so jacked up on caffeine. It was ridiculous. I get a lot of it. Yeah. What's that? Like I said, I get a lot of it from matcha. I am addicted to matcha. I don't even know what matcha is. Powdered green tea is the very, very, very short version. Okay, it's okay. Fantastic though. Is you it some. super caffeinated? Like, is it or it's is... going to be about a third, I think, of what a cup of coffee has? Okay, so it's that's not, not bad. It's not too bad. Yeah, but how much are you drinking a day? A lot. A lot. A lot. <laughs> yeah, more than you mix it like more two than packs? a cup of coffee's worth of coffee. 
You mix it in like two packs of it in water or what? And so it's actually, you know, I got a lid or yeah. like a little canister and it's just got a bunch of powder. So I just kind of grab a spoon. And ah, gotcha. Okay. I just do, do it over and over. And now the matcha, is it, did it, it, where does it originate from? Japan. So oh, it is? Okay. I'm seriously a geek about this stuff. So I yeah. can tell you, I, we can grab a whole podcast episode of it. Just on matcha. This. Yeah. It's hilarious. Matcha. So I totally, this is not a joke. Yeah. Two days ago, I spent yeah. $520 on matcha. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I have you heard year. it here first. $500 of matcha. I love it. I, I got a year's supply. You know what? Actually, I changed my mind. Yeah. Something that changed my life more than the French press. I found this company that sells matcha. Because I've been drinking matcha longer than a year. Yeah. So it wouldn't count based on your question. Okay. That's okay. But I found this company that mixes matcha with, with mushrooms. Oh, interesting. Yeah, they do like, I think they have like cordyceps, they have lion's mane, re okay. reishi, reishi, I don't even know how to say yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it just actually changes the flavor, which is really cool. You just kind of get a little bit of a mix up there. Yep. But also, um, it gives you different health benefits. See, matcha is a super incredible, it's incredible for your health. It's okay. It's thermogenic. Okay. And it's also full of antioxidants. I read somewhere it's got like 100 times the antioxidants of green tea. Interesting. Which is already supposed to be really high. Yeah. So anyway, it's fantastic for you. Yeah. And it tastes delicious. That's good. All right. You and don't have any of this in make. the car, do you? Do you want to go get some? I want to try this. We'll have to try this after the I podcast. I have it at home. Oh, you have it at home. You can right. Next you can time. You can visit. Yeah, I have to visit you. You're invited. Yeah. Well, when you do your podcast, darn yeah, it, we have to make exactly. it happen. I got like fifty beers in my fridge if you drink, because I don't drink. Yeah, I'm not a big, I'm not a big drinker. I have, every once in a while, I have a beer. Pawn, I'm but to this pawn week, it off. I'm doing this crazy. This last, uh, I've got, uh, I've got one more week left. I'm doing this crazy workout with boxing. So, all oh, right, really? last question. Yeah, awesome. yeah. All right, last question. Um, and this is, you're, I can tell you're a heady guy. You're, you're an intellectual guy. So I think you'll like this question. Why, thank you. Think, think about this. Uh, billboard. You know, yeah. like you need to think of billboards. We're in advertising, yeah. right? I, I'm, I'm now like just, I, I look at every billboard. I don't know why it's like wired in me because of the marketing, right? Yeah. So think of if you could have a billboard anywhere in the world. And literally, I mean anywhere in the world. Okay, think, think of where that would be now. And then the, the second part of this is... If you could put something on this billboard to advertise to the world, what would you want to say? So, I have a very simple answer, and it's wherever I could get the best ROI. Okay. That's really what it boiled down to. Okay. So, I'd probably do a lot more research than just say, I'm going to jump on here. Yeah. You know, my gut, your gut would say something like New York City, right? But yeah. obviously, the price of putting a billboard in New York City is going to be higher than putting one in Kansas City. Yep. Yep. So, Ultimately, whatever gives me the best ROI, yeah, I'll put it. I'll put it out there. I'll promote yeah. any of the products that I'm passionate about. Yeah, I will. I will never market something that I don't believe in. Okay. So as long as I believe in it, yeah. And as long as I, I know it'll come a positive return on my investment. Yeah. I'll put a billboard in every city. Yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> right. Yeah. If it makes every money. Country. Now think of it in this terms. Like if there was a message that you wanted Got to it. get across, as opposed to no business, but it's like. I want to put this in, in this environment, and this is what I want to say to the world from this billboard. I like that. That's a good one. I'm going to say one of my favorite things that I tell people all the time, and I would love to have this. I would put this in a billboard, so I would probably still pick New York City because yeah. it's going to get a lot of eyeballs on it. Right. Happiness is a choice. Choose happiness. Uh, I actually yes. came up with that one. But yeah, I believe that you choose to be happy. Yeah. And that's the most fundamental thing 
um, if you could tell me what I think is most wrong with America today, yeah, there's so many things, and people will say A and B and this yeah. and that, this person, that person, or this culture. I think people are choosing not. People are choosing to be unhappy. That's true. I think we have the. We are possibly the country with the least amount of problems yeah. in the world. And you compare us, and you compare us to any third world country, and it's a yeah. joke. Yeah. Um, we have life so easy here. I grew yeah. up in Mexico, by the way. Okay. So I grew up in Mexico, and even that I wouldn't really consider a, a full third world country, but it's nowhere close to what America is when it comes to standard of living. Right. So growing up in Mexico, I've already seen a lot of the difference, right? Yeah. There's a lot of things that get taken for granted here that that you don't even have right across the border. Yeah. But ultimately, I think the biggest problem is that people consistently choose not to be happy. That's so true. It's focus, right? It's yep. what they concentrate. What do they think about? When you're presented with a situation, Tomas, yeah. you have the option to view that situation in multiple different ways. Yep. You can choose to view it pessimistically. You can choose to view it optimistically. You can choose to view it as a learning lesson. Even yeah. if it was a good thing, how do I learn from this? Yep. How do I become better for this? Every interaction in your day gives you more experiences. The yeah. problem is I believe many people choose to let, them dra let these experiences drag them down, make them worse people, destroy their confidence, their self-esteem, and, and create uh, an attitude of victimhood. Yep. And ultimately what this does, in my opinion, is it creates an identity around this. Yep. They, be they believe they're the person that's no good, that's yeah. not good enough, that's not attractive, that's not smart enough. Yeah. And, that's, and that everyone's out to get them. And when, they, when you create your identity around, around being, say, unhappy or being a victim... The challenge is that now you're literally uprooting everything in your life to try to become happy. You're literally changing who you are and that is one of the most difficult things to do mm. because to to stop some to stop doing certain things that are part of your identity is literally to change who you are. Yeah. So I would say that I think if if there's one message I could get across to Americans is to choose to be happy every day. That's good. Make the decision to be happy because at the end of the day, happiness is something that you can control. Yeah, it's it's definitely a choice. I see that uh, in my business, right? Like you, literally every day, you can walk into your business with something to be upset about, right? Yeah. Like every day. I mean, there's gonna be some sort of fire that you're like, really again? But really, it's like, but having the mindset that listen, I, it's my choice. I could be upset about this or I can learn from it. Be a problem now, there, solver. Be a problem solver. Not a, you know, there's no reason to create more problems because you just can't be happy. You know, yeah. I mean, it's silly. Well, listen, dude, Gons, I'm so glad you came. I'm so glad you were on the third podcast, number three. That's so cool. Um, tell us how people can follow you on um, social Instagram, media. social media. Tell us some of your sites that they can follow you on. So I make it really simple. I brand myself the same way. Sharp Gons. Oh, there you so go. Sharp like a knife because I started selling knives originally. Yeah. So S-H-A-R-P and then Gons is G as in Gary, O as in Orange, N as in Nancy, Z as in Zebra. Nice. So Sharp Gons. Find me on Instagram. That's probably my favorite. Yeah, You can also too. search it on Facebook. You can search it on Snapchat. 
You can add me in all three. Yeah. Um, if you're only going to add me on one, though, add me on Instagram. Instagram is the one. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, I'll take all of them, though. Yeah, yeah of <laughs> course. Of course. Well, listen, I really appreciate you taking the time. We're going to have this podcast up. Uh, it typically doesn't take longer than about, you know, an hour or two. And this will literally be up on uh, iTunes. We have it on Stitcher and everything else here uh, that you can see on the site, on our on our website here. We'll have it all up on there. And uh, really appreciate your time, buddy. Absolutely. Let's go make it great. Absolutely. I appreciate it.